0: Welcome to Piercing the Veil on bbsradio.com, a show for truth-seekers and rebels. Join us every week as we obliterate willful ignorance, corruption, globalist agendas, and more. Tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Pacific, and listen carefully as we provide crucial solutions, information awareness, and unique life hacks to improve our planet. Pierce the veil and the truth will reveal itself
1: all right greetings world welcome back to another episode of piercing the veil uh, today is sunday july 9th 2017 we've already made it halfway through 2017 um, I will reiterate that I think some big things are coming in August or September of this year. Uh, we should see some pretty big stuff or shifts happening with regards to the uh, world economy, some monetary things, as well as uh, overall policy of the United States government. Uh, I may end up biting my, my uh, tongue and you know choking on my words there, but I do feel something coming. I felt it for a long time. I know a lot of people are screaming the, the sky is falling, but I think some good things are are heading towards us. In the next few months and towards the end of the year. Um, And so, basically, what we're doing uh, today for this episode, I know I had promised Kevin Annette uh, to come on and speak about uh, satanic child abduction and ritual killings that he's been stopping around the world. Uh, We've had some conflicting schedule and some scheduling issues. So, we're trying as we might, and we'll get him on as soon as possible. Uh, but we do have a very special show for you today. We're going to do a continuation of our mini-series. That mini-series is called Let's Build a Community. Uh, we're on session six right now. We're going to talk about principles of self-governance and removing hierarchy. Uh, we did a little bit of that in the last uh, session, session five. We talked about uh, making contracts with the land itself, actually treating or or incorporating the land itself as a, as an entity. And we talked about how rich people leave uh, entire entire means of wealth to their dogs and inanimate objects and things like that and trusts. So it's not something that hasn't been heard of before. Uh, we basically talked about everybody that would be in a self-sustaining community, um, how they would be making the contracts with the land and not another person. And obviously there would be a decentralized control structure there to handle the governance. Uh, So that's what we're also going to touch on or maybe expound upon here today. We've got special guests Graham and Alex. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they do their own radio show. Um, We just came across them on Steemit, pretty much like-minded for the most part, and we wanted to bring these guys in and have them talk to you about some really exciting stuff that they're doing in this field or this area uh, with regards to building communities, uh, interacting with communities, removing the hierarchical structures, and also some principles of non-aggression as well. If we have a little bit of time, we might jump into some alien stuff, uh, extraterrestrial things, uh, Sentimani stones, and so on and so forth. As you guys know, I, I've been following Cobra for a while, and it appears that uh, our special guests are aware of him as well. Um, uh, before, before he even came out, we were, uh, we were studying these types of things, and so it's good to see that these whistleblowers, and especially like Corey Good and these other guys are coming out uh, full bore right now on uh, ancient aliens and gaia disclosure tv all this stuff that's happening so without any further ado let's go ahead and introduce our guests guys thank you so much for being patient in the first part of the show i want to bring on graham and alex uh you guys are welcome to just i know you guys are on the same computer so either one of you who wants to go first if you'll just jump on here maybe explain it a little bit about who you are where you come from and what you're doing right now and then let the other person talk i'll ask a few questions and we'll go from there all right so welcome
2: Hi, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, this is Graham talking,
1: and uh, yeah, happy to be here. Welcome, welcome. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you've got going on in your life right now, or what, what your basic principles are as a person, or who you are, a short bio. If you guys have anything that you want to plug right now at the beginning of the show, just in case we don't have any time at the end, please do. Like This is for exposure for you. I'm free for you know as much as you want, so carry on.
2: Okay. Thanks so much, Jordan. Um, yeah. So uh, me and Alex are a duo that run uh, something called Adventures in Healing. And uh, right now we're doing uh podcast and we've started doing uh, some videos as well. And uh, we do uh, a Steemit by the same name. Adventure Healing is the name of our Steemit account. So uh, we've been posting uh, quite a few articles in the just the about a month we've been doing this now.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm the second part of the duo and I am also very active on social media in the last month. Um, first and foremost, of course, steam there. You can find my personal Steamit account at Alex Anarco, And I also do a German vlog for the journey that I'm on right now. Uh, for the German listeners, if there are any, check it out at Alex Goes
1: Primal, all in one word on YouTube, and you should find me from there. Perfect, oh. Alex. Thank you so much, and Graham. I appreciate that. Um, you'd be surprised to know that our show is extremely popular in Germany. It's one of the biggest uh, listener bases that I have. is oh. the Central European area, Germany, Germany, and East Coast of the United States, and along here in Texas as well. So. You're in good hands, and there are listeners that are going to go check that out, including myself. So thank you for that. Um, So you guys, let's basically just jump right into the show. Um, I did want to preface it for some of our listeners who aren't really aware what anarchy really is. uh, It's gotten a bad rap, just like the terms conspiracy theory and sovereign citizen. and Pretty much any principle that's founded on uh, self-governance or freedom has always been attacked because it represents a direct threat to the existing Uh, patriarchal structure. So just in a nutshell, in my own words, and you guys feel free to contribute after this, uh, anarchy to me is basically, like I said, self-governance. It's a decentralized form of governance whereby either an individual or community of individuals um, are living to their highest degree and living by means of of non-harm and non-interventionism to a certain degree. Obviously, there's certain things that need to be handled. But for the most part, everybody is free to live their own lives the way they want to, uh, ingest what they want to in their bodies, take psychedelics, take substances, act responsibly, act irresponsibly. There's always consequences that are built into natural life. And I think that you know people have operated by this fallacy of, oh, we need a governor, we need a ruler, we needed this, we needed that, and they fail to govern themselves their entire lives because they just don't understand that it's possible. So that's my take on anarchy. Um And there's many different versions, coagorism, all these different things that are popping up. What do you guys think about this? What's your feelings on anarchy, the principle in general, and anywhere else that you want to delve into from here?
2: Well, uh, I think I'll I'll take that. Um, It's basically abiding by the principles that you own yourself uh, and that you shouldn't uh, aggress against other people. You should abide by the non-aggression principle. So that means no rape, no stealing, no murder, no theft. And anything beyond that, as long as it doesn't harm another person, you should be allowed to do. So that's basically our underlying philosophy, I would say. Uh,
3: For me, I would, because I always like to conceptualize and abstract certain principles and anarchism, there's this really good audiobook that Graham and I have been listening on the road, and I want to plug that here as well. It's called... None dare call it conspiracy. I don't know, Jordan, if you've heard of it or not. But I haven't.
1: It. Okay, it's I a was really say, sorry to interrupt. Could you repeat that? Because it did kind of warble out a little bit. I don't Okay. I think we heard the book, the, uh, the book that you mentioned, if you could. The
3: book, and you can get it on Audible, is called None Dare Call It Conspiracy. And
1: oh, in- I have heard of that.
3: Okay, awesome, awesome. And in this book, the uh, uh, well, the author explains there is a spectrum from right to left, and you can be either a national socialist on the right or a communist on the left. But that's really not the, true because anarchism is not represented on that spectrum. So for me, anarchism is the absolute individualism. Like Graham said, it means self-ownership and everything else follows from there. I own the fruits of my labor. I can do with, with my body what I want. If I want to eat a million cheeseburger, I can do that as long, because I don't have the right to force anybody else to, my, uh, to carry out my commands or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have no moral legitima- legitimacy for that. I can do it, but it's morally illegitimate. And that's what the state is doing basically exactly.
1: right now. Exactly. You guys are on exactly the same page as us, and w- we speak about it because we do a lot of uh, we have a lot of listeners that are seeking knowledge and information regarding the court systems. Um, you know, there's a lot of Patriot Freeman mythology that a lot of people have fallen for, uh, and and with with right uh, justification because you know there's there's not really any updated information on that type of stuff on freedom in the courtroom, uh, removing yourself from status intervention, things like that. So in those terms, we explain it as rights come with duties. Now, rights cannot be given. They cannot be taken away. The exercise of that right can be taken away to a certain extent, but the rights flow from within. And like you said, the right to control your body, control the fruits of your labor, all of that is essentially inherent. It is the natural order of things. So anarchy in itself is a representation of a natural order on an individual scale. And like I said, the uh, anarcho-tribalism is sort of what we've been operating on for thousands of years uh, until modern governance. Uh, There was community-based anarchy, if you will, if you want to call it that. Now, what I say is that with rights come duties. So you have the right to do whatever you want up until the point that it becomes an aggression upon somebody else. It's exactly what you guys are talking about. We just call them rights have duties um, because you can – it's like a – not really a restraint, but a boundary on your on the exercise of your right. So the right is always there and never gets destroyed and never gets messed with, but the exercise thereof has certain moral boundaries. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. I think Alex talked about that. Uh, Graham, what do you have to say about um, where we're kind of going uh, in today's society with regards to people giving up their power? I mean, I know you guys have seen it in many different ways like I have, but people are so quick to give up the to a supposed authority like a doctor or something like that. And before you answer, let me just give a preface or an you know, explanation. I looked at a story the other day where a mother was uh, told, a pregnant mother came into a doctor's office. Of course, you should never go to a doctor unless your arm's broken or something like that. But she goes in there and they want to give her a TDAP vaccine. A TDAP is a, it's a, it's a we'll just have to get into that later, but it's, it's pretty bad. It's not, you know, all vaccines are shitty but this one is is really bad. It's not meant for anybody under the age of 10, including pregnant women. Well, they were just gonna give it to her. They said, oh, this is recommended. This needs to be done. You know, We do this every day, blah, 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 blah. And she said, no, I wanna see the insert. So they brought her uh, a vaccine information card, which is not what she asked for. Well, she asked again, got the actual insert. And what does the insert say? It says, this is not for pregnant women. It can cause fetal harm. This is not for anybody under the age of 10. And so even though she had trusted initially the doctor into knowing their profession, into knowing what was right, obviously that doctor was incompetent. And when they were called out on it, they admitted, yeah, I don't ever read this. This is the first time I've ever read it. I've just been told by the pharmaceutical companies that this is safe. You know, I've told by this study that this is safe. So I've been recommending it for years. So think about how many people she's damaged over the years by being incompetent and how many people have damaged themselves by trusting in somebody else with their own safety. Um, so that being said, as an example from my perspective, have you guys seen anything similar, either one of you? Um, or What are your thoughts on that? Um,
2: I've looked a lot into vaccines, and honestly, uh, I just actually wrote an article about this on Steemit, so people can check that out. It's a guide for young parents, um, or parents of young children. Oh, that so, was
1: you. That yes. was you, yeah. So, so I just met... Uh, G- Graham, I just meant in general. Uh, have you seen people giving away their power like this? I just brought up that example.
2: Well, I I think that um, given the nature of the schooling that we endure as children, it it makes perfect sense to me. I think it's absolutely um, propaganda and indoctrination, and the whole point is that you bow to authority, that you give up your power as a child to. Uh, teacher who in a greater uh, scope is the ruler of the society is the your your politician is the is the leader and you follow them whether it's right or wrong. And I think in that regard, um, it makes perfect sense to me why people uh, give up their personal power so easily. They've already been had 12 years of experience of that.
1: Thank you for hitting on that. You you psychically went to the next topic I was going to get into. But, Alex, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. You've noticed that, too. And, you know, what Graham said was basically it starts with the conditioning, which is absolutely true. It is full-on conditioning and propaganda. There's no other word for it. The United States education system is one of the worst uh, with regards to, you know, propaganda and basically not teaching you anything. So what do you think about that, Alex?
3: Um. That's a good question. I think uh, people tend to want to lead comfortable lives and a comfortable life does not include a lot of responsibilities because that causes stress and risk. And so I can understand the sheeple when they follow orders. For example, the Milgram experiment they did in the, I want to say 50s or 60s, where people administered shocks because a suppose doctor told them to, uh, I think, or like in Nazi Germany, you know, I only flip the switch, I only drive the train, none of the actors is doing the whole evil, but everybody is a part of it, and then they all push away the responsibility for actually flipping the switch, actually stuffing people in a train, and so on.
1: You're, it's yours, kind of,
3: go ahead. Uh, it's kind of a double thing, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you guys are just, you're yes. hitting gold right now. Graham, did you want to follow up with something real quick?
2: Um, no, I think uh, Alex nailed it pretty, pretty well.
3: Let me, let me just add something to that. Um, I see a similar path in uh, religion where people, instead of a state to shift responsibility to, shift responsibility to a deity. But I think it's the same principle. If I don't have the pain of bearing my own misery, if I don't have to be responsible for that, I feel a lot more comfortable and I can say, oh, that asshole over there ruined my life and I don't, it's not my fault, none of my doing.
1: You guys, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Um, I I wanna wrap all of that up into into an insight that I formed based on what you guys are saying. Uh, My understanding, and I'm gonna go real big here and then come back to small. My understanding is that the entire system or system of systems, if you will, is controlled by a uh, non-physical hierarchy. And throughout the ages, the physical hierarchy has been represented in the form of bishops and kings. Again, that's government and religion, just like you two touched on. It's perfect. And then also, there's a... um, Well, you can call it a conspiracy because conspiracy is an actual overt act by two people uh, colluding... Two or more people on a common goal that's unlawful. Well, that common goal is to it's make, make people so, uh, asympathetic, right? So literally they're changing the hormones of the population and have been forever. Uh, the deodorants that people are using and in the shampoos, they all have high levels of uh, estrogen hormones and things like that. So they're weakening the resolve of the general population. They're also killing them. It's, it's all of these things are tied in together. You've got depopulation, you've got, uh, making people meek and scared. Making people comfortable and convenient, like Alex touched on, that's the big one right there. Is comfortableness yeah. and convenience. Now, the actual genetic profile of comfortableness and convenience is enhanced by making men more estrogen-like or making uh, releasing these chemicals and the GMOs and the vaccines and the food and the chemtrails and all this shit that's going on. Now, I want to touch on what Alex said again with regards to the education system. There's a reason for that. It's because uh, the Nazi paperclip, where you talked about the little parts, everybody doing their little part, Mm -hmm. that's what you have here. It's just been transplanted over here in the United States and then mirrored and replicated across the globe in its own different forms. People don't realize that Operation Paperclip... Brought all of the Nazi scientists, the thinkers, the researchers, the geneticists, the intelligence operatives, all those guys were literally assimilated right into the United States infrastructure after World War II. They were all given freedom, they were all given free passes, and they went to work for the United States. And the Office of Special Services was completely founded by Nazis. Nazis have infested our government, and the Nazis were just a group that were being used by a bigger, larger international group uh, which infiltrated the uh, Freemasons, you know, a long time ago, back in the 16, 1700s. There was edicts issued across Europe by rural families and uh, by the people that ran the lodges in the United States. Hey, Illuminati and Luciferianism has infiltrated us across the entire place, the globe. Well, the principles and the tenets of depopulation population, ultimate control, you know, reducing the population to a manageable size, world government, everything that you see that's happening, these little things that are, the strings are being pulled, are to make people more comfortable to be led to, the, to, to their own slaughter. And we're at a very scary point in our society today, at least in the United States, where people do exactly what you say. They give away their responsibility. They blame, they do, they blame their circumstance. They blame their environment, they're they're conditioned. To just react, and that's what you have with the SWJ and all the um, liberal movements and all the shit that's going on at Antifa douchebags and Soros-controlled-run opposition. No, I'm not saying Trump is the right guy. I mean, I could do a fucking better job as a president before I got assassinated. But, you know, still, (laughs) there's some things that can be fixed, but it needs to be fixed on an individual level. There needs to be learning and education, re-education, if you will towards the natural principles and tenets of owning your body. So that's my soapbox. I just wanted to wrap up what you guys were saying, and maybe now we can jump into some exciting things that you guys are doing with um, governing or trying to govern a community or maybe coming up with ideas like that. Uh, Graham, before the show, had mentioned an octologue. Can you you guys maybe jump into that for this part of the show?
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, I just wanted to mention the blaming and all that shit that the social justice warriors and whatever do is exactly what the government wants because they're always asking for government to fix a there supposed problem. So yes! For them, it's like, yeah, sure, we'll take care of the healthcare system if you want us to. Right. And we'll regulate free speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Nope. laughs> we'll take care of the
1: pronouns. Sure, yeah, but, thank you very much.
3: But, um, you're exactly right. You have to start with the individual and for the listener of the show, this means you. You have to claim the sovereignty of your own life again. And the Octalog is a technology to do that and to also um, cooperate with other individuals. Okay, so let me brief briefly line it out here. An Octalog is a group from seven to nine people, ideally made out of eight people, and the composition being half female, half male. This is because of uh, group chemistry and, uh, I don't know, creativity is increased by that. And the goal of the Octolog is to pursue an ethical purpose, and an ethical purpose is a purpose that increases truth, awareness, love, and or creativity without diminishing any of the values so if my purpose increases truth without diminishing awareness love and creativity it is an ethical purpose and now the octalogue comes into place and i can go out into the world and find like-minded people that share the common purpose ideally i find several seven other individuals and the Octalog technology is then framed around how do we come up with creative ideas to solving problems? Okay, let me give you an easy example. Who's going to build the roads? Let's form an octalogue. My, ex-
1: my roads! Yeah.
3: <laughs> you can form an octalog and get bright people together who then come up with a creative idea that doesn't involve having a coercive government which pays for the road with... Taxation, which is theft or just slavery, and it's just a technology. It doesn't have any content per se, except for making ethical decisions. And I don't know. Do you want to add anything, Graham?
2: Um, yeah. Uh,
3: the,
2: the an octalogue actually starts with one person, so you can start an octalogue now today for whatever goal you wish to. Achieve in this world. There's so many that we can look around and say, "Yeah, I want to, you know, increase people's awareness of the harms that vaccines do." For example, and you can start to gather people around you. And the the interesting thing about this organization structure, as opposed to others, is that it's non-hierarchical. So you don't actually even vote uh, uh, unless it's a unanimous vote. Um, It's not. majority decision it's, it's not it's not majority rule it's we have to convince everyone in the group to that this is a good idea and if one person that we you know one person that we trust has a problem with that then there's there is probably something we're missing and we need to either convince them or go deeper into the what their problem is and this is sort of a fail safe
1: yeah, yeah. and uh, go ahead oh, go, go ahead, ahead. jordan Okay, I was just going to touch on the fact that the, the, the Founding Fathers had an octalogue, but it wasn't necessarily eight people. So I don't know if anybody is familiar with the fact that most of our Founding Fathers were Freemasons. They were enlightened. They believed in the existence of life on other worlds. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff that people don't really get understand. And there is a story, and it is written in Congressional Record, and that— During the debates regarding the Declaration of Independence, or excuse me, the Bill of Rights to be added, which is the big hang-up before everything got put through, there was a a figure that appeared on the second story level out of nowhere. It was a hooded figure that seemed to be luminescing. It was light surrounding it. And it made such an impassioned speech that lasted for about three minutes. It made such an impassioned speech towards community and working together and that this was the only chance to save the planet, not just the, the country. Or the states, if you will, at that time, that every single person then signed their name to that Declaration of Independence. Um, it was the Declaration, not the Constitution. And basically, every, pretty much every single person who ended up signing that document either had their entire family destroyed, their state seized from them, or they were murdered and or killed for treason afterwards. You know, in the ten to fifteen years that followed our revolution. And we won't get into the fact that the revolution was, was funded by the King of Britain through Vatican, and it was done so that they could uh, debt slave the entire population for the next 200 years, which is exactly what's going on. But in that moment, an octologue uh, or a form of it, I would say, uh, naturally appeared. And then somebody, the people who were holding out, like, like you said, if one person that you trust holds out, we need to convince them present evidence and arguments and information that are so rational and logical and convincing that that person comes to the conclusion on their own, okay, yeah, this is, this is all right. Well, that's exactly what that person did with the impassioned speech. So the use of words and the use of principles and the use of um, ideas properly, with proper discourse, will lead to resolution nine times out of ten. so what you guys have created is just a general framework or a model that is based on certain tenets like equality and balance. You said four males, four females. I think that's just fucking awesome because it brings – it does balance that out. The the brains operate in different ways. Um, So for one person to be a holdout in the old days before all all this coerciveness and status intervention and all this bullshit – Everything was an open dialogue. It was a discourse whereby if somebody was holding out an idea or a principle or a um, a project or something like that, the others would be required. It was their duty. It wasn't their right to be like, oh, majority rules, that's not a right. That's bullshit. That's just another government. It, It was their duty to present their value, what's valuable to them in that project, to that person in such a way, to the holdout that that person either goes, you know what guys, I still don't I still don't get it. I don't want to do this and then you guys have to figure something else out, which is part of your responsibility. Or you make such a convincing argument that that person is then like, okay. It's in the same regard as a, somebody like myself who knows for a fact that the, that the uh, planets are round. They start off as hollow, gaseous balls that form plasma energy suns inside, which is why the Earth is hollow, and we do have a Gartha in the inner Earth network. Um, that and everything is a Taurus in the nature of the universe. I understand that, and I've converted many, many, many flat Earthers who don't understand that flat Earth conspiracy is a CIA op, to divide very enlightened people against each other, okay? But in the same way, I've had to go against those holdouts. One of my best friends is a flat earther, and I still can't convince him. So I've just been like, all right, I'm just gonna work around you and not interfere with your beliefs or your life. And that was my policy. So what do you guys think about um, applying the octalogue towards building a sustainable community? If you guys, and if anything else you wanna jump into based on what I've just said. Uh,
2: one thing I wanna mention is that uh, the octalogue is not our invention. Um, It's actually uh, uh, people can check out the book uh, Flourish by uh, Bob Podolsky and it's an alternative to government and other hierarchies and uh, we've been training with uh, Bob uh, this last month down in uh, Acapulco Mexico so uh, that's where we've been learning about this and starting to employ it as well.
1: Thank you for that correction. I always want to be accurate. It's something I was under the impression you had created. But even if you're using it in a manner that hasn't been used before, even if it's slightly different, that is yours. You are using it. You are creating it. You are giving the value to it. And I applaud No matter who created it, do that. And uh, just anything that you would like to add on that?
2: Yeah. Um- I think uh, if people check out that book, they'll get a very good idea about this and some of the modern day examples of where it's being used uh, successfully and um, kind of round out their uh, understanding so that they can start using this. And um, the, the idea is that you can start replacing government today. You know, like if, if there's a problem in your community, you could start out competing the, the government to do there you to go. the problem and thereby showing the example of how we can live a
3: better life that's free. That's uh, perfect. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to point people to our YouTube channel, which is Adventures in Healing. Also on our Steamit page, we have an interview with the author of the book Flourish, Bob Podolsky, which is about 22 minutes long, and it's pretty condensed, and he talks about... Uh, anarchy, the moral illegitimacy of the state, and as well octologues, and how to implement a non-hierarchical structure and still organize people. Because, I mean, it's a a fallacy, you know? Telling people you need a hierarchy or shit won't get done is just...
1: (laughs) Okay, so that's the whole principle of voluntarianism. If, If it's important to somebody, they'll pay for it, or they'll do it themselves. right? If it's not important... Then why the fuck are we wasting A, money, or B, time on something that's not important? And if it's not important and we're wasting money and time, in addition, why the hell are you trying to force that somebody down somebody's throat at, at the barrel of a gun or, or you know, some sort of imprisonment? It's ridiculous. And this is what's, you know, you know, back in the day, pay 35 taxes. Fuck you. You know, today, pay 35% taxes. Oh, that's just fine. Right. You've got that's back to the asymptomatic thing that we talked about. And um, and here's what I'll say. You really you really nailed nailed it on the head, Alex, when you said the illegitimacy of hierarchy and government. If you do not consent, it is illegitimate. There might be an exception here on here and there on a low like uh, circumstance level but with regards to your rights your existence your body your your freedom your beliefs all the important stuff the main core of who you are if you don't consent to it being done to you it's illegitimate both morally and uh, constructively under the law okay and and literally the whole fraud goes right back to the government if it the all governments derive their power and their authority from the consent of those that they govern and if one of those citizens does not consent, they have the right to start their own nation to break away. They have the, the right to not be under those laws. And we just so happen to have a time frame where the elite who created these systems, these debt system systems and uh, modern slave control structures, they have exempted themselves. They are not part of the government. They are not part of this nation. They are not part of that. They are on special do not detain lists and things like that. Well, we have been damaged so much over the years, Graham and Alex, we've been damaged so much, especially here in America, that we are entitled to get ourselves and be treated on those lists as non-U.S. citizens. I've done this myself. I've had many, many interactions with police where they just hand me my license. I'm on, the, on working on getting my license removed and using an international driver's permit, things like that. But the times that I have been pulled over after getting myself on this do not detain list, I'm talking about with cannabis in the car. Uh, we had just smoked, you know, It's like smells like cannabis. The officer walks up, the window's rolled down, he can clearly smell it. The, these guys, when they pull you over, they know exactly who you are because they can pull up your text messages from your phone on their laptop display. They can pull up every single financial piece of information about you just from your car tag. It all leads them through their system, through the social and all that shit. So if you're on one of these lists, when it, when it runs your name and it comes up with a picture, it says, do not detain, do not stop, do not question. What do you think the judges and the judges' wives and the families and the politicians and the elitists and the elite lawyers and all those guys, what do you think they're doing? They're on these lists. The citizens are allowed to get on these lists, and the, and the federal government will, to a certain extent, recognize you as at being outside the system. But you must merit the reward of doing so, and you cannot abuse it. You must be about you know, what you're talking about. You have to walk the walk. And there's been times where they've tested the shit out of me, and I'm talking about being thrown in jail. I'm talking about being sprayed with water, stripped down naked, not fed for three days, told that I'm going to die in here, um, you know, harassed, put the leg shackles on me so fucking tight that the fire department had to come in and tell me to sign a consent form so we can take these off. And they used a reciprocating saw, the thing that's got the floppy blade on it. To cut the leg shackles off right next to my ankle. So I have had my share of, of government authority and intervention in my life and that's really forged me in the fire of self-independence and anarchy. Wow! The entire yeah. system that we have has been, like you guys said, designed to condition you from the beginning. I, I was lucky enough to, to break free of my conditioning, you guys break free of the conditioning. One of the tools that you guys are using is the Octalog, which I see as a huge, huge breakthrough in what you said, which is starting your own community and or starting your own government, right? We're all into the blockchain. We're all into Steemit. So why don't we right now let's talk about – and I'll let you guys talk here. Let's talk about integrating or incorporating the blockchain, smart contracts, um, the non-hierarchical structure into a community along with the Octalog and maybe give – Oh, you cut out there. Give us some knowledge on that.
3: Can you repeat the last part, please? We didn't if quite... If you will, you,
1: just, you guys still there? Yeah. You, uh, you oh, there cut. you are. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry about that, listeners. We, we have this from time to time. Um, basically, what I was saying is the whole system's designed, like you said, to uh, condition people from birth. I've been fortunate and a lot of different experiences, which for um, in order to come to the conclusion that a self-sustaining community with non-hierarchical structure is really what's needed. Uh, when you really think about it and go back to the history and our natural course of evolution, the anarcho-tribal or community form of government that's morally based, uh, everybody is given a say, everybody's given a name, everybody's given a trade, everybody's this, this, and that. Um, that really is a model that that I want unity. And so now into that topic of building a community, Graham and Alex, where do you guys see the correlations or how would you put the blockchain together with a self-sustaining community and the OctaLog governance? Like how would you merge all that together is my question.
3: Um, Well, I think the blockchain makes government obsolete in the sense that you don't need a third party um, authority to enforce rules. You just have it built.
1: Okay, so what we're going to do, listeners, and Alex and Graham, I apologize. I've got some issues with my audio. I don't think it's yours. Um, we do the best that we can to screen before the shows, obviously. This stuff does happen. So if you guys will just sit tight, actually chat between yourselves right now if you want. I'm going to drop off and come right back on. I've actually never done this in over 60 shows, but we're gonna, they're going to drop me out and bring me back on. All right. And then as soon as I've got the go-ahead, we'll go, we'll go into incorporating blockchain into community governance okay okay listeners thank you for your patience thank you guys as well guests i appreciate it
0: come out to the blue moon psychic fair and holistic Expo on sunday august 28th from 11 a.m to 6 p.m at the cypress room of the DoubleTree hotel located at 4099 valley view lane in dallas texas participate in intuitive tarot angel and medicine card readings as well as astrology numerology and palm readings access your spiritual guides your past lives the akashic records and more offerings by shamans psychic mediums and clairvoyants. Also, receive reflexology, chair massage, energy balancing, back remedies, Reiki, and other alternative health modalities. Vendor services include aura photography, crystals, gems, essential oils, handmade jewelry, metaphysical supplies, sterling silver jewelry, nutritional supplies, weight loss products, and more, all available for purchase. A $7 cash donation will get you into the event and free parking is available for all attendees. For more information, go to www.bluemoonexpo.com or contact Joy King at 214-734-5844.
1: All right, guys, I'm back. Uh, we also have our guests here on the line. Um, we just went ahead and jumped to a commercial. I know I said we are going to discuss things, but the producers are pretty quick about things and trying to get stuff resolved. So thanks to them. We're back. Hopefully you can hear me. Uh, I do want to do a, a short, brief recap for anybody who may have dropped off and came back on with us. Uh, essentially, we've got uh, Graham and Alex here. They do their own little adventures and healing uh, projects, podcasts, and some other things. Uh, they have been promoting a method of non-governmental, non hierarchical structure for governing communities and doing any type of project, essentially. Basically, coming to any type of resolution over an idea, an action, or concept. Uh, It's basically a group, preferably, of eight people. Uh, You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. It's balanced between men and women, evenly, preferably. It starts with one person and some other things like that. So, also... Go ahead.
2: Uh, the, the other thing we forgot to mention is that this is infinitely scalable. You can you start with eight, but then uh, as as things, the problem grows, if you need to uh, have more, you know, a larger scale, then you can start other octologues as well that will work with you. And uh, that's also uh, explained in the Flourish book as well. So people Thank you. get a chance to list, uh, watch that. Uh, check that Thank out. You
1: thank you for that i really like that because the, the scalability of things it seems to operate in a fractal nature it's because so think about this logically is the logical form of governance if you will isn't it self governance and isn't that the natural logical form because nature and logic are hand in hand right they really are if you think about it so is not the natural form of law self governance and moral law yes it is is it not moral that um, basically, you have control of your body. Yes, it is moral. So, if if each person in this octalogue is following a natural a natural uh, form of governance in in and of themselves as each individual in that octalogue, and then each group or each octalogue is also doing that, then what you have is a fractal nature. No matter how small or big you go, it's still replicating the natural governance that should be espoused, which is. Everybody is taken care of, but everybody has their rights, but everybody has duties, and it's all a balance, and you have to present valid, logical arguments to convince somebody. If you don't convince them, then you have an impasse, things of that nature. And so I, I see this as a viable—I just want to get back to what I was saying earlier—I see this as a viable method of removing uh, entire communities, entire states, from the grip that of modern debt slavery— and corporatism and fraud that's essentially been going on for 200 years in our country. Um, So I did want to, because this is Let's Build a Community, I did want to get into with you guys regarding um, building a community and using the Octalog properly. So here's what I'll do. I'll just go down what we've talked about already. Um, We've essentially talked about bringing people in, screening them first as founding members. And so maybe we would do eight members to just found an Octalog of people that are already awake Okay, and then we're identifying freedom-oriented ideas worth expanding into or concepts and projects that we can all work on. Uh, we want to replicate a small community Octalog model and uh, grow and build our, the sustainable community and the products that we're producing and the workshops that we're doing and the webinars and the content and the Steemit accounts and anything that we're producing or generating cryptocurrency with. What we then want to do is get a bunch of people, other Octalogs together. And go purchase an entire town. You understand? Purchase outright an entire municipality and incorporate that as a blockchain nation. Or perhaps go to a different country. There's little things that we're considering regarding, you know, status resistance and stuff like that. But that is the 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 idea is to scale and replicate the small sustainable model into a blockchain nation that operates through smart contracts, through decentralization, through non hierarchical structures, and reward systems, not punishment systems. So that's basically what my idea, or my use of the Octalog would be, and hearing you guys say that it was scalable really like lit up a light bulb in my brain because now I've got all these other ideas, <laughs> you know, yeah. about magnetic energy and uh, combining primitive tech with modern tech, the prim- the best of primitive with the best of modern, and coming up with that balance, you know. Uh, community rules, everybody tying into blockchain, integrating the rewards uh, instead of punishment models with um, with incentives, you know, like s- how they have uh, musical contests or photo challenges here on Steemit. That is what causes the motivation to generate the upvotes and the money. So having a blockchain contest in the community uh, that is created through an Octalog discussion, there's just so many different things that we could do. And now that I've talked about this for a little bit, I wanted to get your guys' ideas or your take on where you would take it. So if you just take maybe 15 seconds or so and think about if I had to create a a small community, uh, which you guys are already involved in communities here and there, think about what is the first thing I would use the Octalog for, or what is something uh, super great or ideal that I could use it for? Either one of you, if you want to start.
3: Um, we already have thought about this, and the, the first purpose we assigned ourselves when we heard about the Octalog was actually, how do we get more people to come to pulco? I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, name it's a conference in acapulco mexico about once a year in uh, around february and i think it's growing a lot this year was the third year and also the occasion where graham and i met where we heard first about the octologue, and yeah i mean this is this was in february and we're in july right now so you can see how fast this is uh, evolving and (laughs) well for me it's just no, I don't know. You go, Graham. <laughs> um,
2: you know, I, I think uh, it, it really depends on each person's uh, goals. What, what do you value? For me, um, right now, uh, I'm valuing uh, personal freedom. So that's why I'm in Mexico right now, which is, uh, you know, a, quote, quote, failed state. You know, the, there's, uh, the, the people here don't trust the government, and therefore... It's
1: dangerous, but free. See that's what comes with the failed state. Dangerous, but you're free for the moment.
2: Yeah, there, there you know, there, there might be increased risks. I, I would agree with that. But, um, you know, uh, that's part of also some things that we've been talking about with the anarchist community in Acapulco, which we, we were uh, spending a lot of time with uh, this last month. And, you know, uh, it might be that uh, we start, you know, building our own uh, uh, private security force. Uh, so that we can make, uh, the police, uh, obsolete.
3: Yeah.
1: And also, uh, I just, oh, thank you for that. I, I just
3: mentioned this really quick because there's people listening and guys, I know exactly how you feel. I've been doing what you're doing for the past six years, listening to podcasts from people all over the world. And This February, I finally decided to make a choice and actually do something, not sit in my room with my headphones on. And also, it was an opportunity for me because I was done with my studies and I didn't know what to do else. But um, I would just encourage all of you to really engage in the community, get a Steemit account, comment on posts, uh, seek out meetups. Meetups are so important. There is a website called meetup.com where you can find anarchist meetups or I don't know, start a Facebook group. It's just a matter of actually doing something. And it's not somebody else that needs to be doing something. It's you. I'm talking to you right now, you listening. Excellent,
1: and And that's exactly, this. we feel the same way, we really do. I did wanna, you guys are like reading, picking little things out of my brain. I don't know if you're meaning to do it, but you're literally reading my mind. My purpose? We're all woke. (laughs) We're all all woke. We're all in the same frequency. Everything's frequency. It really is. Uh, And I'll say this. In my mind, the biggest thing for me is removing the police, removing exactly what you said, make them obsolete. And here in Texas, in a Houston city or near Houston in Texas, the entire police force, the city, the citizens finally convinced the city people. I don't know how they did it because these guys are often – uh, Mason families that have been, you know, running city governments for fucking hundred years. If you look back, it's the same people. So in this city, at least, I don't know how they did it, but the they got the city to fire every single fire, um, fire department uh, personnel and police officer. And they were going to screen them to make them come back in. But then they had another resolution was which was like, okay, well, we'll just screen the fire department guys, make them come back in, but we're just going to get rid of the fucking police department altogether and replace them with private security. Well, let's take a look at a few things that happened there. They removed the sense of entitlement. They remove the god complex that these fuckers have for the most part. They remove the worship of, oh, support the, the thin blue line, all these fucking douchebags. I support the thin blue line. Yeah, well, that thin blue line's going to come up inside your ass every time they pull you over and give you a status fucking intervention ticket or take you to jail and beat on you. They don't give a fuck if you support the thin blue line. If they can get some money out of you and extort you, they're going to do it because they've got a fucking quota to make. The, if, you understand that if the person that writes the least amount of tickets gets the fucking elementary school uh, crosswalk duty or they get the shit duty or they get sent into the worst fucking neighborhood on call. You know, they, they do these things to each other. It's hazing. So, what is every cop uh, motivated to do? Fall in line, abide by the status quo, protect their brothers in blue no matter what, even if that person has killed somebody and, and they planted a gun on them. You know, it's just sick what's going on. And then on top of that, they're being trained by satanic federal agencies, non-governmental agencies as well, NGOs and stuff that are run by these motherfuckers like Soros and the Bilderberg Groups and CFRs and all this. And they're training these guys to shoot at no hesitation targets. I'm digressing a little bit, but it's important. It needs to be said. A no hesitation target is basically a picture of an old man or a child or a pregnant woman holding a gun and pointing it at the person who's shooting the target. And it's designed to remove the morality from this person sense of morality from their uh, decision making process and critical thinking skills that you know so that they would just not hesitate and fire on on target. And we're seeing the results of this with dogs being killed unnecessarily by police and the wrong house being raided and all sorts of shit that's going down. So what happened in Houston is that the removal of the police force and replacing with somebody who was required to compete, these private security people were required to compete with their competitors in business and if their competitors see an edge or an advantage over them they're going to take it. Well an edge or advantage might be well that community just got rid of all the police because they didn't like the totalitarian and you know killings and all the shit that were happening by these police people who thought they were just fucking invincible and immune which you know sadly in the United States they are like they literally are immune they could do anything. And not ever be charged. I've literally watched four fucking cases go out the window because of their immunity. Anyways, uh, it, these people that are private security are required to do certain things to meet that job uh, level or expectation. And if they're not, they're going to be replaced. There's that sense of replaceability. So, And then there's also the sense of, oh, you know, our reputation. We'll never get a job anywhere else else's private security if we were being you know total dictators or whatever so what the city saw was a complete drop in uh, in all police violence all of it 100 percent was gone oh. they also saw people felt better the energy in that city i don't know how you would correlate violent crimes to removal of police with private security but it happened, okay? So my point is this, like you said, if people get together, they can build the fucking roads, okay? Uh, you don't need any government to do it. Now, let me tell a little, drop a little secret before I get back to you guys. People don't understand that every single one of their tax dollars goes through the Governmental uh, Accountability Office here in the United States. The Governmental Accountability Office then filters and apportions that into different spending programs for defense budgets and black projects that aren't listed. So what happens is the government takes all the tax dollars and they use it to go bomb and destroy and commit genocide and atrocities across the planet as the world's fucking police. Go Team America! woo yeah! America! And all that stupid shit. And then everybody's thinking that they're paying for roads and schools and so on and so forth. But the government is going to the Federal Reserve, which is owned by the IMF, which is then owned by certain controlling families, which are operating on the archon uh, under the instruction of non-physical archons. All that money is borrowed from those guys in the amount that was spent on the war, the black budget projects and this and that. And then they come back and they very inefficiently and terribly fund, finally, the roads and the buildings and the bridges and the education. So not only are they not using the money that you guys are giving them to pay for these services, They're indebting every single man, woman, and child on interest on trillions of dollars of more money that they just pull into existence as ledgers on a computer entry. Uh, And then on top of that, they don't even fucking perform the services. They embezzle half the funds or they fucking do it inefficiently, and now you have the state that we have. So the importance of removing the education system and replacing it with community-based voluntary important education programs that are crafted by each and every little little, tiny community, that is just so valuable. It's so, um, it needs to be shared. It needs to be spread far and wide. And I I liken it to the same level of, um, of importance as what you guys said. I think what Alex said, which was, you need to do something. You need to actually do something. Like myself, I don't just do this podcast. I actually do consultations. I free people from Status intervention. I help people who are being harassed by the FBI, the CIA, the fucking state governments, the police officers, the judges, the courts, debt collectors, you name it. I've gone up against them and won in most cases. There's been some times where we've just been totally fucking railroaded. But I'm doing something about it. I'm also paying $400 a month for the past year and a half to do this radio show and be heard across the planet. So uh, that's what I'm doing. You guys, it seems like in just a matter of months, are doing huge things as well. And I can't wait to see where you grow. Okay. so thank you for letting me talk again. That was another little soapbox here. But I wanted to get into what was important to me about building a community, which is removing the status police authorities and having a safe community without uh, coercion or danger just by going out. So anything that you guys want to talk about now, we don't have a lot of time left. It doesn't have to be anarchy-related. Anything you want to talk about, you want to share a story, you want to ask a question, you want to drop some more truth and knowledge like you've been doing, a red pill, a bomb, whatever, do it right now. Uh, You guys have free-for-all, and I'll just jump in where I can. Okay? All right.
2: One one thing uh, I'd like to just uh, pop into this discussion, it's kind of uh, a little bit abstract, but... um, you know, in regards to uh, any of the listeners who might have young children and might be, you know, trying to weigh their options, like, what do I do if, you know, I, I know that the school system's so corrupt and it's indoctrination, and but what what else am I going to do with my kids? Um, I would really like to point them to the book uh, by Dana Martin. It's called Radical Unschooling, and it's basically a voluntarist approach to learning, and uh, her kids are great examples of that. They're like, I think the oldest one's 18 and he teaches, uh, survival skills and he's a blacksmith now. And the next youngest uh, child is a a working model now. Mm -hmm. And it's because they've, instead of having all this time wasted in, you know, listening to idiots talk about, you know, fake history, um, they've been following their passion since they were basically old enough to talk. And, uh, you know, I think that's the future of uh, education, at least from what I can see.
1: I, I, I'm really like I got to say to you and I'll let Graham speak here. But, Alex, I'm really grateful to have you on the show, man. That, I've been into the unschooling for years and the people that I hold in high regard and have been a community with myself and they founded their own community, the Garden of Eden uh, here in Kennedale, which I've been on for the past three and a half years, uh, helping them with their stuff. They are major unschoolers. They, they basically are just total freedom people. And that's exactly where I have been in my life. And with my child, who does not have a social, who does not have a birth certificate, who does not have vaccines, who will never have those things, I've actually I've done what the elite have done. I've set up private trusts. I've set up private numbers. I've got private recognition. They are the owners of themselves and of their estates. And it's sad to say, but my child and the children that are here in uh, Garden of Eden are some they're, – they're one out of billions. They are literally one out of billions of, of kids that are either vaccinated or uh, they have – they're in the system. They're uh, state-controlled, uh, you know, desident estates, if you will, which is the birth certificate fraud and all these things that these Freeman guys have been chasing for 20 years. But nobody seems to be able to nail down except for a few people. I'll tell you this, guys. You're dropping links. I'm going to drop a link for the listeners and for you. Anna Vaughn writes. You guys got to start with her. Anna Vaughn writes. R-E-I-T-Z. And then also Jonah Bay, J-O-N-A-H-B-E-Y. Those are the only two people that I trust and are my mentors with regards to uh, freedom, securing freedom for yourself and your children, right? Actually getting the paperwork out of the system, okay? So I just wanted to drop that real quick, but Alex, thank you very much for getting into the education stuff and the children and things like that. Please continue with that, or Graham, if you wanted to jump in with that or anything else, you guys can go anywhere. Like, there's no limit to the topics. There's no censorship. This is what this part of the show is for.
2: Um, I just wanted to say before I like Alex go, um, just on your point uh, about the kids, uh, these are the future leaders. These are the people who are going to be ahead of the pack and who are going to be, you know, be able to teach from experience. And so, you know, I don't know how much longer this state's going to hold hold on for, but uh, if it does hold on, then, you know, these are the people that uh, the, the the rest of the community is going to really look to to, uh, to lead us uh, by example. Uh, I'll let uh, Alex uh, speak now.
3: Okay. Um, unrelated, unrelated topic from my part, I just want to say that I really have the impression that we're in a, like you said, critical moment in human history. And I really do feel that the internet has brought about a new renaissance, a new reconnection with the most primal rights there are, which is self-ownership. And it's I feel like a lot of people are waking up the Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, Tom Woods, Stefan Molyneux. There's so many people on the interwebs that um, speak truth and have wide recognition. So I think the next step is just for those people to not only listen, but act accordingly. And I think it goes it, it like this reflects in every action of your life. Who are your friends? Where do you live? Who do you associate with? What do you do for work? You know, if you do, you work at a nine-to-five slave job just to make money and go home to watch Netflix and masturbate and fall to sleep, and the next day you do the same thing over and over again until you retire and notice that there is no money left for you to to live on. Um, I think life is really extraordinary, and we're as a civilized society we don't even see the st- uh, stars in the sky anymore. We have disconnected yeah. with our roots and with our humanity, with our feelings. Like um, emotions are uh, frowned upon for men. Masculin- masculinity is shunned. And all of that is terrible, but there's people speaking out, out against it. and. So I'm really looking forward for those people to come together locally, like in a physical location and build something together, communicate, teach each other, learn from one another. And I feel like the next 10 years are going to be very interesting with the development of the cryptocurrencies, which put an end to the fiat money scheme of the federal reserve bank. And also the blockchain offering, a way to do arbitrage without having to trust a third party. You can just that's right. write a smart contract and you know the contract will execute as it is written. So I think the days of government are numbered and I'm very, very excited to be living right now.
1: I totally I totally second that. Uh, that's exactly how I feel. Go ahead, Graham.
2: Uh, I don't know if I can top what Alex has said, <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting well, times. Uh, and uh, you know, I think there's a lot more we could have talked about this hour. But uh, I'm happy that we did uh, go in into detail and, and you know, and how we can build community and um, and how that that this is the time for that. You know, like if you haven't done it, then please do it. That's
1: right. And and building a network is so crucial in everything, even in sales and marketing and all the little tiny shit that doesn't matter. It's still important. And even in the things that do matter, it's that much more important to build a community of like-minded individuals, to build a network. Uh, And then once you have done that, then you have the structure and the strength and the uh, support, if you will, organically to replicate and scale up instantly across the planet. And that's really what's, I mean, we've been seeing a slow burn with the internet, the creation of the internet. We've been seeing a slow burn of replication and scalability of freedom and exchange of ideas for a long time. And I think that's just caught into a wildfire. You're going to see some huge fucking changes. And if not, I'll fucking bite my tongue. But I've been right about everything else that I've said because I am tapped in. I know what I'm talking about. People that... Are living in their integrity and their honor and, and who they are supposed to be um, in whatever way that shows up and whatever you're doing in your life, if you are, are actually, like Alex said, getting up and doing something, consistently doing it and doing it for you and, and creating value and lasting change and, and connection, then you will always have success. In any way it shows up to you, you just got to recognize it. You will have the success. Now, being able to amplify that requires, of course, the networking principle that we just talked about. And, and with regards to networking today on the show, I agree, there's so much more we've got to talk about. I mean, you guys are targets for reoccurring guests. You have so much value to contribute. Uh, if you would be available, we would love to have you back on. Uh, you guys can promote anything you want, obviously. And we can talk about anything else you want. You guys come up with a topic next time. Um, and we'll just do that. And I, I, real quick to the listeners, I do apologize for the audio issues. If, if I'm cutting out at all, please forgive me. Um, I'll try to do some research into what that could be, maybe my connection. Uh, we have a lot of people on the Internet here at this uh, this sustainable village. So that's about it for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, Graham and Alex, if there's anything else that you want to drop, any other topic, any other line, any other statement that you want to make, it's your floor right now. And then I'll go ahead and close out the show. Okay.
3: Uh, just make sure to follow us on social media. We try to be very active on there and post at least a couple of times a week. Mostly, you can find it on steamit.com at Adventure Healing, Adventure Healing, and then we also have a website called Adventures and Healing, all in one word.com, and you can find uh, it's pretty much a rabbit hole of hyperlinks to our YouTube our podcast on soundcloud and uh, the other stuff that we do so steam it and adventures in healing yeah and
2: I'd just like to say uh, thank you so much Jordan for uh, reaching out and for bringing uh, us on your show it's been an absolute pleasure yeah that was awesome thank you
1: you're so welcome as likewise a pleasure is all mine uh, and as they say uh, as they say in in the outer World or the old paradigm world, it's been a business doing pleasure with you. And when it's been a pleasure doing business, you know that you're actually doing something right. So we are doing the right thing. You guys are doing excellent uh, work over there. I'm already following uh, Graham. Now that I know your account, Alex, I can follow you as well. Alex Anarco, I believe. Alex Anarco, yes. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, Alex Anarco in one word.
1: Okay, perfect. So that's yeah. And guys, if you if you're not on Steam it yet, listeners, get your butt over to Steam it. You're not going to regret it. Fuck Facebook. Fuck the status bullshit that they do. They've been check this out, Graham, Alex. I joined Facebook only, only because I had to start up a radio show uh, page and some other things like that. Uh, and basically, for an entire year, I had set every uh, everything so that people could follow me for an entire year. Facebook had switched off my follow me option. So I had been posting valuable things for a whole year and nobody was following me on it. It was just in a general feed. So, uh, you know, Steemit doesn't do that. You, can, It can't be done on Steemit. And trolls don't last long. And, you know, I'll say this. I, I posted um, on Steemit, my one of my second posts, how to get out of nearly any traffic ticket in the United States. Get Just get a warning. How to get out of nearly any of that stuff. It works nine times out of ten. It really does. I've used this over and over and over. People have used this over and over and over uh, successfully. And my post got 50 cents. I didn't give up. You know, It's because I haven't built a following. So anybody that comes on there, just know that you're going to have to build a following. And don't get stuck with these follow for follow D-bags, these guys that are you know double fisting here oh, follow follow me I'll follow you back follow me I'll follow you back you no know, fuck that be yourself do what these guys are telling you to do bring up what's important in your life produce valuable content surrounding it and engage in the in the community and network with like-minded individuals so that's what you can do on steam it i'll say it again and get your butt on over there and then to alex and graham it, it's been such an honor i really appreciate it we're gonna have to have you back on another time and maybe even bring you into the collaboration uh, one of our collaboration shows with our past, past guests like a guy that's been taken by a u.s military and, and gray aliens to the other side of the moon a guy that's had near-death experiences like myself his entire life uh, that guy's more experienced in the what happens after death than i am I thought I knew a lot of shit, and that guy just blew my mind. His name's Eugene Braxton, he's one of our best guests. Uh, Johnny Delirious is a guy I just talked about. We also have Frank Bacon, who introduced me to Steemit. That guy's a cryptocurrency uh, meme master. Uh, so if you guys are willing, we would love to have you on again and perhaps, like I said, bring you into a collaboration show where there's six to eight little octalogue experiment, maybe. What do you yeah. think about that?
3: That sounds awesome. We'll keep in touch for sure.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, then on that note, uh, thank you again. We're going to go ahead and end the show. And listeners, remember you are what you create in the moment. Everything else is an illusion. And if you pierce the veil, the truth will reveal itself. Thank you very much. Bye.